So welcome back to Leaders Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On this episode, we're joined by Terry Rice, who is the business development expert in residence at Entrepreneur Magazine and host of the podcast Launcher Business, which provides emerging entrepreneurs with the critical guidance needed to start business. As the founder of Terry Rice Consulting, he helps entrepreneurs make more money, save time and avoid burnout. So Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, great to have you on. And I should probably append that with... uh, we know each other because I actually attended a course you gave at General Assembly. So I had the privilege of learning from you uh, in person. So, yeah, it's been great to uh, get to know you over the years uh, since then as well. Yeah, I can't believe you made it through a whole week of listening to me talk for eight hours a day every day. So congrats on that. Yeah, no, it's, it was fantastic. Uh, an extremely knowledgeable person. So it's great to have you on the show as well. So Terry, why don't we start off with a unique approach or, or tip tool or strategy that you think other people in consulting listening in should really know about and probably don't? Yeah, I mean, if the goal is to get clients, there are several ways to do it, right? One is speaking, one is creating content. But what I found is creating relationships to be very powerful. And you might think, okay, well, how do I create relationships? There's a very easy way to do it on LinkedIn if you're active there. And what I want you to do, first of all, is think of 40 people that you want to connect with for whatever reason. Maybe they're a podcast host like you. Maybe they're the head of uh, events at a local college you want to speak at. Maybe they work at an organization you want to consult for. And I want, I want you to find 40 of those people make sure they're active on LinkedIn, and then just engage with their content for a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. And by engage, I mean, leave thoughtful comments, not like 100 or facts, actually interact with them. And then when the time feels right, say, hey, you know, Jonathan, I've been digging your content. You're doing some amazing stuff. Gosh, you know, based on what you're doing at your organization, I might have something that might help. Would you feel comfortable talking to me about this? It could be a message or messaging or via Zoom. So this requires a lot of deliberate practice in regards to, or sorry, deliberate patience in regards to who you're going to connect with. And it takes time. It's not like a cheat code, you know, it's not a shortcut. But if you do this, you'll build the right relationships with the right people. And as a result of that, you can get more clients. This works for me. It's been working for years. I mean, there's this one person who works at a Fortune 500 company that I really wanted to consult. So that's what I did. I followed her content. I commented, I engaged, we started messaging, went to a Zoom call, and now I'm this close, I'm pretty close to getting this contract signed, which is six figures. So pretty happy about that. So again, it's not a cheat code, it's not a fancy ad, but all you have to do is build relationships slowly over time, more authentically, and then from there, when the time feels right, go ahead and ask for the, the actual conversion here. Right, yeah. I think it's it's quite easy to lose sight that the most beneficial part of social media most of the time is actually the relationships you build, like you say. And I think it's too easy oftentimes to just jump in the deep end, you know, the same way you wouldn't walk some, walk up to someone in the street and say, hey, do you want to buy my course or <laughs> get on the phone, you know, or go on a date together and that sort of thing. You need to sort of warm up that relationship first, for sure. Yeah. yeah connections are made in the comments, not when you push the button that says connection request. But the problem is that's what people do. They think there's a shortcut, like, hey, I'm just going to connect with you and try to sell you something. But you project lack and scarcity when you do that. But when you actually do this slowly over time, through commenting, through engaging, you form this relationship. And as a result of that, people already know, like, and trust you before they hop on the phone with you. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as we were discussing earlier, I feel like of all the people I know who use uh, LinkedIn a lot, I feel like you're one of the people who's really cracked the code. You're now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're part of the Creator Accelerator program, which you'll probably have to fill me in on a little bit and our audience, uh, because I'm not, it's not the thing I'm most familiar with uh, when it comes to LinkedIn. So can you tell us what, what that entails? Yeah, the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program, I was in the inaugural class of it. And essentially, thousands of people applied to get in this program, 100 got accepted. And over the course of 10 weeks, they gave us guidance on how to structure your content, how to get more engagement, how to get more followers, even how to use video and other mediums to get your point across. So it could be audio as well. So we basically had this almost like course in how to win at LinkedIn. And what I do now is help other people do the same thing based on what I've learned. So it's been a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I I, uh, like about some of the content you shared is around finding ways to basically come up with, with content or create content that doesn't require you know, sort of frameworks that you use to to seed ideas for content creation. Can you describe for our audience what, what that looks like and how you, you come up with those? Yeah. And before I go into it too far, I got this framework more or less from this person named Justin Welsh. So please do take a look at him on LinkedIn. Give a shout out to him. But the first thing is you get very clear on the topics you want to talk about, right? So pretend you're an email marketer. One topic might be email marketing. Another could be digital marketing in general. It could be copywriting. But you want to be very clear on your topics. And the next thing is you think of different structures you can use to share that content. So it could be contrarian. Everyone feels this way about email marketing. I feel this way. It could be X versus Y. Here's one way to do it. Here's another. It could be present versus future. Gosh, back in the day, email marketing was this. Now it's this. It could also be storytelling. I help this client with their email marketing. Here's the results. So that whole structure is something that I go through in a course that I have that we can talk about later. But when you templatize, then you can customize and it's still good content, but you don't get stuck thinking, how should I structure this? What should I write about? The next thing is this. Realize there's three parts to creating a good post. The first is the hook, right? What's that eye-catching opening line that gets people to stop scrolling and pay attention? And it could be, are you making this common mistake with email marketing? The next part is the meat of it and just give some valuable information. At the end, there's a call to action. Do you have any more questions? Let me know. What other mistakes are you aware of? So on and so forth. And the reason why that call to action is so important is because algorithms, right? The more engagement you get on a post, the more views you get. But beyond that, that's where you can solve problems for people as well. And therefore, if you're trying to get clients, it's a great way to say, well, look, if you want some more help with this, send me a DM, happy to help you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And and just on that initial part that you described there, the idea of, correct me if I'm wrong, is basically you, you have this sort of matrix, right? So you've got your list of topics and then your your points of view, whether that's contrary or X versus Y. So you start filling in all those those boxes and that helps you come up with essentially sort of like a content calendar of sorts. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's let's try this. Give me a topic and I'm going to try creating a post on the fly about it. Just give me one topic. Um, are there any parameters? Should it be something that's related to current events or or, or just or uh, professional? Let's try or, like marketing or something yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, something around uh, creating more 
effective calls to action, let's say. Got it. Okay. So we're going to say calls to action and I'll say contrarian. I'm going to disagree with something common. So people think a call to action has to be screaming at your audience and get in their face, get them to stop scrolling and pay attention. But really a call to action needs to create a moment of relevance. It needs to address a problem they have or a solution they're looking for. So instead of saying, you'll never believe how amazing this solution is, you're going to say, are you confused by how this process works? All right. So that was me off the top of my head, but <laughs> you get the point here, right? So yeah. basically we're saying, let's disagree with the common approach people have and then give another solution for how we could do it more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Great stuff. And like, so you, you've been on this kind of long journey around, you know, around LinkedIn content creation. Were there any things that, you know, during that journey that, you know, that surprised you? Were there any sort of like parts of your content that resonated more than others that you're like, that you just, you know, that were completely unexpected? Were there, was there experimentation there where all of a sudden you found, oh, this, this kind of content is really resonating with people that I didn't quite expect? Yeah, here's the problem, right? As an expert, often you're giving your expertise. So I always say, look, if you have no idea where to start, think of 10 questions that your audience has and then answer them with content, right? That way you're guaranteed to provide value. But to build a personal brand, which is our goal quite often, because your personal brand is your only real unique differentiator, you have to talk about your personal experiences. You have to talk about yourself, your perspective, your, your worldview, so on and so forth. So what I found, which surprised me, is me sharing things about my day sharing my my mistakes even like and I, i'll give you an example there was one time i was speaking at amazon and i said look i totally tanked because there was a woman there with her kid and her kid was making noise and i should have stopped and said look i'm glad you're here and you're choosing to do this and take care of your kid as opposed to this or take care of your kid i did not do that and unfortunately she left my goal is to become a better speaker and next time i'll be more present and in the moment and i will respond accordingly so that was a post, right? That's like an anti-flex because normally it's like humbled and honored to speak at Amazon where I was like, here's where I messed up. And that post got a ton of engagement because I was being more authentic. And beyond that, I actually got some paid speaking gigs because of it, right? <laughs> so I think we feel like we all have to sound super smart or super like, you know, tactical in our posts. But the ones that I find perform better quite often are me saying things like, hey, the other day I made 400 bucks while I was playing soccer with my daughter. How that happened? Well, someone bought four of my online courses while I was with her. It's great to know that I can, you know, generate revenue and still be present for my family. Those posts often work better than you'll never believe about this new update that came from Apple. Gosh, you're going to be so amazed, so on and so forth, because anyone can say that, right? But only you can talk about you playing soccer with your daughter or tanking at Amazon and how you want to do better going forward. Yeah. And you mentioned there that led to further speaking opportunities. Have you found that by being regularly visible on LinkedIn and posting there frequently that you tend to get more opportunities coming your way? Uh, maybe that are slightly unexpected. Is that something that you found has been a more common occurrence because of that activity? Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, but I think there's ways to think about it as well. So my goal is always to find the gatekeepers to my audience, right? So when I first started out, I was doing digital marketing consulting and a gatekeeper was the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce because I work with smaller companies. So I reached out to them and I said, can I give some free talk digital marketing for founders? They said yes. And instead of me trying to get people to attend a talk, they did all the marketing through their email list. I show up to a room. There's 60 people there waiting to hear me speak. 10 people had questions afterwards. Two became clients. 
So yeah, the more visible you are, the better. But what I encourage people to do is find those gatekeepers. Is it a chamber of commerce? Is it a conference? Is it an app or a tool that your audience uses? And if you can speak on their behalf to their audience, which is also your audience, cool. You now have an audience multiplier because I'm always trying to find multipliers, but that's the approach. And again, on LinkedIn, if you're just saying like, you know, Q&A stuff, like how-to stuff, you won't stand out as much as someone else. And therefore you won't get these speaking engagements or even people coming to you because often when people reach out to me, they're like, hey, Terry, look, Terry, look, I know it's cool. You know how to do all this stuff, but I think it's great that you have four kids and you still work out and you're still able to do all this stuff. How do you find the balance? How do you find the efficiency? How does that work? So again, you're supposed to be an expert. That's a prereq. Everything else is how you separate yourself. And that's how you get paid for who you are, not just what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, if I think of anyone who's very, very good at identifying those gatekeepers and those opportunities, whether it's conferences, universities, so forth, I'd like, you're the first person I think of. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and there you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, uh, obviously you, you, you have, uh, kids and, you know, family is, you know, a big priority, uh, for you. Um, but it does mean that your time is often constrained, uh, with the demands that, you know, fatherhood brings. Um, so I'd love for you to maybe share, you know, maybe some, some strategies or some, uh, some ways that you manage time. I think, you know, you've, you, it seems as though you've sort of built your business in a way that fits your lifestyle, like you're able, that gives you, that allows you to free up more time and you're able to leverage things. So I'd love for you to just kind of share some ways you, you think about that. There's a few. I mean, one is time blocking and protecting that time. So for example, I don't take any meeting before 11 a.m. because I'm normally at the gym between 9 and 10. I want to come home, change, and be on my merry way. So just saying straight up like this is just never going to happen. <laughs> I'm not taking meetings before this time. And then planning my week. So I want to create content. That's my goal to amplify my brand and build revenue. So I'll say, okay, well, Monday is when I'm going to create content. And just blocking off three hours for that. 50 minutes of work, 10-hour break, 50 minutes of work, 10-hour break, break. You do that three times. That's three hours of work. You're done. But the content I create is often going to be some kind of hub content, some really meaty guide, like how to find your zone of genius, how to get better at sales calls, how to get more clients. And then what I do, and this is like the genius approach that I think a lot of people can take is on LinkedIn that whole week, I'm saying, hey, my newsletter drops on Friday. I'm going to explain how to get more clients. Here's one tip. For the remaining tips, sign up for my newsletter and you'll get the rest of it on Friday. So the whole week is building up to people getting access to this hub content that I created on Monday. And that way there's no confusion. What should I write about this week? Well, whatever your hub is, that's what you're going to write about. And you're going to get people on your email list because you're, you're sharing some takeaways, not, not all of it, but enough to give them some value in that post. And then they'll look forward to getting that email on Friday as well. So that's one thing. Another is just creating as much video content as possible. So an example, for example, this, this talk we're having right now, this is great social content, right? You know, you sound great. You're asking really good questions. I sound somewhat coherent, which is awesome. I will then give this to my virtual assistant and have her slice it up into social media clips. So it might be a minute, minute and a half tops. Then that goes on LinkedIn, that goes on Instagram, that goes on TikTok, that goes on YouTube shorts. So great. Now this one talk we're having gets multiplied across all these channels. And what comes from that? Speaking engagements, podcast appearances, people reaching out and saying, can you help me? You know, how do you tell me more about this matrix that, that Jonathan was talking about XYZ? So the more you get better at, first of all, protecting time, 
and then amplifying the amplifying the impact of time and just repurposing content. Gosh, that's that that just works because content marketing, that's inbound marketing, right? But the more content you have out there, it's like you have this team of people of content that's just drawing individuals to you. And when they show up, they already know, like, and trust you. Therefore, when you're on calls, you're just asking questions saying, how can I help you? You're not auditioning to make sure that they feel like you're not going to rip them off or you're just making stuff up as you go along. Yeah. And that's something that you're able to achieve, not with the, uh, you know, the whole Vayner media team. You, you actually have like a virtual assistant who, who runs a lot of that behind the scenes for you, right? Yeah. And here's the thing, like my virtual assistant is amazing. I found her through a company called Chatterboss. And the benefit of Chatterboss is you get one virtual assistant who can manage your entire remote team. So there are some people within the Chatterboss network that she helps with to bring in on certain things, or she just goes on Fiverr and finds someone to do stuff for me. So whatever it is, she does it. But the smartest thing I think I did is I said, look, if there's a new skill that we need on the team and you want to learn how to do it, go spend five hours on it. Go spend 10 hours. I don't care because we're going to be working together for years. So if you want to learn this stuff, I'm willing to invest in your self-education by letting you take the time to do so. So as a result, she now knows how to edit videos and we don't need a third party for it because she's so good at it and other tools that she's learned how to use. And I think that's the benefit sometimes is people underutilize their assistance because they don't give them the opportunity to do professional development. Yeah. They're like, oh, you don't know how to do this? I'll forget it. We'll find someone else. Well, no, just spend some time with it because I already know, like, and trust you. Maybe you can be really good at, at editing videos too. And, and now she is. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm applying something slightly similar in a way with, I have uh, three apprentices working with my agency at the moment. And I've subscribed to a team plan with a platform called Growth Mentor. Growth Mentor is, have you heard of it before? I haven't. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, it's a platform where uh, there are all these experts in different areas of marketing who are willing to jump on a call for, you know, 50 minutes to half an hour uh, and walk through a problem with you. So the projects that are assigned to the, the apprentices, they take those projects and whether it's, you know, something around SEO or AdWords or whatnot, instead of me being that bottleneck where they're always coming to me and asking me questions, they're able to go to people who are actually more knowledgeable in those specific areas and overcome those those hurdles and find the right resources they need. That's brilliant because I think here's the problem that happens sometimes is you're too busy to delegate or you don't even know how to delegate. So, yeah. I mean, the more you can remove yourself from things in your business that you don't have to be involved in, the better, right? So content creation, I hold that very close to, to me because that's my voice. But like updating my blog or, you know, uploading something to YouTube, I don't got to be involved with that stuff. So I think it's very smart that you're, you have this network of experts that can also train your apprentice, apprentices, <laughs> sorry, in regards to, you know, what they should be doing. So it's, it's pretty bright. Yeah. Great minds think alike. <laughs> and, uh, We've covered a lot of ground so far, but one thing I did want to make sure that we we did fit in for this interview is your concept around profit multiplier, which I think is really interesting. Do you want to explain what a profit multiplier is and how do you tie that together with solving expensive problems? Yeah, so your profit multiplier is more or less an extension of your core service offering. And the thing that makes it a profit multiplier is you change the context. So I'll give you an example of this. One of my friends is a sleep health educator. You can probably guess what she does. And she works with teachers quite often because teachers have trouble sleeping because they have parents like me asking a million questions all night long. So she can train a teacher on this program she has to help them sleep better and charge, let's say, 500 bucks, you know, making this number up. 
The next step up can be her core product, which is training a school, like a whole bunch of teachers at one school. Maybe she charges $20,000 for that. That's your core service offering. So in your situation, that's what you're mostly known for. The profit multiplier is when you change context. So instead of training one teacher or one school, you train a whole organization, a whole uh, district in this case, right? The entire school district, every, every administrator, every teacher, every whatever that's in the school district. So now instead of helping one person, you're helping thousands of people. So that's an example. Another could be this. Let's pretend again, you're really good at email marketing and you used to help could be you know individuals do email marketing or maybe smaller e-commerce companies. You can also go to an agency. Let's say this agency does Facebook and Instagram ads and say, look, I know you're doing these ads, but gosh, if you guys learn how to do email marketing, you could be a more complete end-to-end solution for your clients. You already have the relationship. And heck, half the time you're using Facebook ads to get them on their email list. I will train everyone here how to do email marketing for all your clients. So if they have, let's say, 20 employees and there's like 100 clients or whatever, heck, your time scales pretty good across that, right? So instead of charging one company 500, you can charge them $100,000. So I'm not asking anyone to learn a new skill. I'm just saying change the context of how you're offering your services. And that's how you find your profit multiplier. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think a lot of the time people lose awareness of that context. And so they might really be leaving a lot of money on the table by offering a service to a company where it's, it is like a, a more expensive problem for them than it is for you know a smaller organization of some sort. It's also a mindset piece yeah. because if you don't think you're worth X hundred thousand dollars, you're not going to ask. And so anyone who's a consultant, a coach or whatever, you should have at least one $50,000 offer, at least one. And maybe you only land one or two or three a year. That's fine. That's still a lot of money. But if you don't even have that as an option, you're selling yourself short. I'd rather hear no 20 times for that and get one yes, then here no X times for a smaller offer, right? So you want to have at least that one $50,000 offer. And then beyond that, it makes your other offers look cheaper. Oh, you don't want that? Okay, well, I got this for $10,000. So either way, it works out pretty well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So Terry, um, if people want to to find out more strategies like the profit multiplier, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you do have a course that walks people through this, right? I do. Yeah. It's called the Solopreneur's Fast Track. And you learn everything from coming up with your idea, your pricing, your pitching, building your personal brand, even proposals and how to follow up if you get ghosted, which hopefully doesn't happen. But I also go into how to plan your day-to-day so you're more efficient with your time and how to actually plan what you want to do through your OKRs, your objectives and key results. So it's a lot of fun. And what I also do is offer office hours. So if you have bespoke questions, I can give you a direct answer in real time. Excellent. Well, Terry, I think that's a good place to end. Uh, So I just wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, Finally, is there anywhere else where people should connect with you online before we wrap things up? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn too much. So you can just look for me, Terry Rice on LinkedIn. And then other social channels, it's at It's Terry Rice. Excellent. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. Hey, Jonathan Bailey Strong here, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want to get in touch, feel free to hit me up on social media. If you just search for my username, John B. Strong on Twitter, and actually you can search for the same thing on LinkedIn, uh, you'll find my profile there as well. I'd love to connect and hear your feedback.